Hi, and welcome to Messy in the Middle. I'm your host, Jessica Lee. This is a podcast featuring real women's stories about their journey, the messy part, the trials and tribulations to get from recurrent miscarriage and infertility to baby. Join us as we talk, cry, laugh, and get unbelievably vulnerable to feel less alone in the gang that no one wants to be a part of. Hi. So I guess this is a very shitty reason to be recording a bonus episode, but here we are. Um, And I think this is going to be the best way to kind of give you guys the most information about exactly what's going on at the moment and kind of still keeping it in real time as well, Um, which is pretty hard to do actually, uh, just emotionally, I guess, being this vulnerable and you know, announcing a pregnancy as soon as you get that positive on a test and then, what, nearly two weeks later saying, you know what, (laughs) this hasn't worked and how many more times am I going to have to repeat this? But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I want to take you back to Thursday uh, just last week. Thursday was a really good day. I had my acupuncture appointment in the afternoon and I was feeling so positive. And as I was um, laying there and having that time to myself during my appointment, I was just feeling so blessed and in awe of how amazing a woman's body is. That for everything to align, to be able to create life, it's freaking incredible. So I was really in a state of just, I was just so happy and I was so grateful and I was just in a really, really good headspace about this pregnancy. Thursday night comes and there is a little bit of spotting, but at this point I'm trying not to freak out about that too much and just put it down to the progesterone pessaries. Then Friday comes and I just notice that I've got this cramping and it's pretty constant and I did end up doing some googling on that and a lot of it was saying you know cramping is very early is very common in early pregnancy um but usually you know if you change positions or maybe you've done too much and you just need to rest it it should ease off and I'm finding that it doesn't really matter what position I'm in I can just be laying down and resting and I've still got these constant cramps it wasn't anything too hectic at this point, Just I just was aware of it. And then come Saturday, I've had some more spotting. Um, it was just like a lot of brown discharge at this stage and the cramping was still there and Saturday morning I got another lot of bloods done. Oh, and that's what I was going to tell you guys that... Um, I used a company called Instant Scripts, which is where you pay $20 and a doctor gives you a referral, like a pathology referral to get your bloods done and the results get emailed straight to you. And I thought that was amazing considering the um, mess around I had trying to get um, the results like the previous week. So just Uh, Yeah, keep that in mind. Saturday, I got more bloods done. And then by Saturday afternoon, uh, the cramping did feel like it was getting worse. And like the amount of 
discharge and still mostly brown at this stage, but the quantity did feel like um, it was increasing. And uh, my husband was away that weekend. So he had left Friday afternoon and he wasn't due back until sometime Sunday. And um, he ended up calling Saturday afternoon or I actually sent him a message saying, I think I'm going to lose this baby just because of how I'd been feeling and, you know, the cramping and, and the spotting. And I just was starting to not be so hopeful about it. And um, he called me and he asked, you know, how everything was. And I'm just like, look, I just don't have a good feeling about this anymore. I've had constant um, cramping that does seem to be increasing with intensity. And... I said, like, otherwise, you know, everything's fine. Yeah, I was just giving him an update on kind of where I was at. He got off the phone and not long after he's like, I'm coming home. And I felt really bad. I just, I didn't want to take him away from like the weekend that he had planned for something that may have been nothing. So it was going to take, he was on the motorbike. So it was going to take him about an hour to get home. And during that time, the cramping... I could just I could just feel things going on and I remember going to the toilet and wiping and then there was quite a significant amount of blood and I'm like that's it like this is this is so done for and I was in tears and mum was with me because um, she spent the day with me and Thane um, so I just didn't have to do that on my own and I was very grateful that she was there just to entertain Thane so I could just break down a little bit because <laughs> I just I really couldn't keep it together and he's at an age now where he's aware like if you're upset and something's wrong and you're crying like he he knows what those emotions are and I didn't want him to worry and I didn't know how to explain to him why I was upset um just that mummy was sad um so yeah my husband got home and at that stage I was just like I'm really grateful that you're here because I feel like like this is it's just it it's done and I was just waiting if you've ever had like a spontaneous miscarriage before you know that it the cramps build and build and build until you know that you're gonna you're passing something so I kind of reached a peak but not to the extent where it's I was certain that anything had passed so I was kind of expecting it to happen like during the night or at some point maybe the next day uh, on the Sunday we ended up going out and because unfortunately when you you're going through secondary infertility and you have a young child to look after you don't have the luxury of just isolating yourself and breaking down and it it's a blessing and a curse it really is but getting outside we ended up going to the beach and we took um, the dog as well went down to the beach and spent some time in the water and like that's really grounding for me and um yeah we just we spent a lot of time outdoors and being like just doing things and I thought if nothing else being this active will hopefully just bring things on so 
we can, you know, go to the next phase of whatever we have to do. And it just, it just never kind of came. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's a missed miscarriage then, but with the bleeding to give an indication that something, something's gone wrong. So I took Monday off work and I knew that like my son would be going to daycare. So that was the chance that I had to, you know, give myself time to break down and cry and process everything that's going on. And Monday ended up being a pretty hectic day with trying to get answers. Um, I ended up Monday morning actually getting a message saying that my results from instant scripts were back. So those HCG results from Saturday were 10,500. Now my last HCG results, which were a week prior, were 950. So in a week, it's gone from 950 to 10,500. Now that's a pretty decent increase. Um, if you were just looking at those numbers, you'd be like, you're sweet, like this is, this is going to be a viable pregnancy, nothing to worry about. But I knew that I had to get another lot done in order to really have a gain a good picture about what's actually going on. So Monday, as soon as my specialist office opened, I gave them a call to try and get in to see him on that Monday because you get really impatient and you just want to know what the hell is going on. Um, and I couldn't get in. He has just been flat strap, back-to-back appointments, um, no chance of being seen. So she booked me in for an appointment on the Tuesday afternoon, but in my mind I'm like, I've got ways around this. I'm going to get some answers today, and if I need to cancel that Tuesday appointment, I will. So I ended up going down to just the walk-in medical clinic, and I asked for repeat HCGs, just told them I suspect I'm having a miscarriage. Uh, He didn't really ask me too many questions. He just asked like what I'd been experiencing and he's like, yes, you're probably having a miscarriage. Like, thanks doc. Um, So I had a second lot of bloods done on Monday and I got a referral for uh, a scan. And I called around and I was able to get into someone that afternoon. So, blood to done. Spend the day just trying to occupy myself until the afternoon. We leave for the scan and I'm just feeling nothing at this stage. Absolutely nothing. I am, I don't, I just felt numb and not, I couldn't. I couldn't cry. I just didn't feel like I had it in me. And I was going into this scan thinking that we would have some answers to indicate that it was over. Uh, the sonographer that I had, she was really great. She was very chatty. Um, she was very obliging to any questions that I had. Very open with information about what she was seeing. So she did the the like the external, the wand on your belly first. And... She could see a gestational sac, um, but nothing inside it, which isn't really unusual, I guess, for the gestation that I am. And then offered to do the internal ultrasound, which I said yes, because I know that gives a better, clearer picture, uh, especially when you're so early. 
So again, uh, she could see the gestational sac. She said, you know, it's implanted in a really great place right at the top of my uterus. Uh, she's like, you ovulated from the right-hand side. And I just <laughs> I had to laugh. And I was like, yeah, because that's literally the only side that I can ovulate from and fall pregnant. And she still couldn't see like the yolk sac or the fetal pole. And straight away I'm like, okay, so could this be a blighted ovum? So a blighted ovum is when you do have a gestational sac, but the embryo doesn't develop. And it's, yeah, it's chromosomal um, abnormalities and it's just one of those very unfortunate things and it's it's not a viable pregnancy. And she was telling me how there is... Like there's obviously criteria that has to be met before they could actually officially diagnose that. So my gestational sac was measuring 10 and a half mil. And in order for them to diagnose a blighted ovum, it would need to be 25 mil and still, yeah, no, no baby inside essentially. Um, so that couldn't be diagnosed. She um, did say that my gestational sac was measuring at five weeks five days which was essentially spot on to what I actually um, was I think I was actually five weeks four days by my calculations but essentially spot on um, and that it can be too early to to see anything like the baby's so minuscule at this time and when you really think about it with my gestational sac measuring ten and a half mil that's tiny it's like what it's a centimeter <laughs> so you just think about how tiny that actually is and it needs to get to 25 mil so two and a half centimeters for it to to be anything conclusive so I left left that appointment not feeling any different to how I kind of went in there and it was just more disappointing the fact that we still don't have any answers and then it was just a matter of waiting for the following day, so the Tuesday, to be able to get those that second lot of HCG results to really find out if it's going to give us an indication about what's going on. Because um, during all this as well, I'm still taking my basal body temperature and it's kind of it's kind of going up and down. Like it's going down quite a bit, um, but then it will shoot back up and... Yeah, so it's done that a couple of times, so even that's not really giving me a clear indication of what the hell is going on. So Tuesday rolls around. I have since cancelled my um, specialist appointment for the Tuesday afternoon. I just didn't see any point. And I was originally booked in to see him on the following Monday, so that was seven days later, this coming Monday, and I've now changed that to the Thursday so next Thursday I am going to be seven weeks on the dot and honestly yeah going into that that's going to be the biggest it's going to be the most conclusive in the way of what the hell is going on here so Tuesday comes around and I wait I get a text message actually from the medical center saying that my results are in so I call uh, my specialist office and say, because I got the results sent to him as well, um, can I get these results? I need to be very 
specific with what I asked for with the receptionist. Otherwise, I don't get what I want. So I said, can you please ask Dr. Flynn to check my results? I want to know the number and I would also like the results emailed to me. Yes, yes, yes. Gets to, this was nine o'clock that I called. It got to one o'clock and I called them back and they're saying, hey, just following up on these results. Because normally it doesn't actually take that long. And um, yeah, she's like, he's just really busy, hasn't had a chance, but you will get them by the end of the day. All right, sweet. It gets to two and I, uh, no, probably a bit later than that. I said to my husband that if I, if I haven't heard from them by three, I'm just going to go down to the medical center and wait to see a doctor to get the results because I need to know today, like, I just can't have this dragging on and on and on. So, yeah, it got to about quarter to three and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go now because it's just a walk-in clinic. You don't make an appointment, you just wait. And I had a acupuncture appointment at 4.30, so I, I did have a bit of a time limit that of how long I could be there for. So jumped in the car, went down to the medical centre. I wait an hour to be called in. I get the results and my... HCG has gone from 10,500 on the Saturday to uh, nearly 19,000 on the Monday. So they're still going up. And oh, I'm just like, this is just a repeat of what happened 12 months ago. I'm just going through the same shit. Like this is Groundhog Day. HCG, except the only difference is actually that I'm like, I'm having bits of bleeding here and there. Sometimes it seems to be getting heavier and then it just fizzles out and then it's back again. And like, I'm even just so desensitized to wiping and, and seeing blood or brown discharge. Cause it's like, now I'm at a point where I'm actually surprised when I don't see anything. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, one thing I did want to tell you about, something that I've learned about HCG, is the fact that once your HCG reaches 6,000, it isn't a good indicator of how your pregnancy is going thereafter. Once it hits 6,000, the doubling rate slows down and it could take up to four days to double. Now, this is information that I actually had no idea about. Um, I just found it because I was Googling like mad. But I thought it was really interesting and I thought it was worth sharing because those of us who are struggling with, um, you know, pregnancy after loss and we're just trying to hold on to any hope that we can, any sign, any, any number, that gives us reassurance that everything's okay. And at the end of the day... It means nothing. It actually means nothing, which is shit, and it's it's not reassuring at all. Um, I think it's just a massive lesson in having to surrender and just accept what is. It's another, what day is it today? Wednesday. I've got eight days until my scan. It's going to be the longest eight days of my life, and it's so hard to just not think about Especially when, like today, I have felt so sick, so nauseous, like almost to the point where I'm ready to throw up. Like, And it's like, how can this be nothing? But I know from my last experience with having a missed miscarriage that 
my HCG numbers meant nothing. My um, feeling nauseous meant nothing. All of this is so far out of your control. It's just ridiculous. And for those of us who like to have control, it's a really hard thing to accept and just let go and just accept that it's going to be what it's going to be. The only thing that is going to be, the only thing that's going to be the best indicator now of what is going on with this pregnancy is the next scan. That's it. And I can tell you now that I'm going to be going in there and saying to him, all you're checking for today is that this pregnancy is miscarried. I have zero hope in my body that he's going to do the ultrasound and there's going to be a baby in there and that there's going to be a heartbeat. That is just, I guess I'm tainted from my past experience that I just am struggling to one, let myself envision that as a possibility and two, let this guard down because it's the only thing protecting me right now. <sighs> yeah, far out. So that is the update and it's a roller coaster. It's not a fun ride. I would like to get off now. Thank you very much. I just, I'm really just wanting confirmation either way because I just want to get the ball rolling on, um, you know, getting my super money out to start IVF. Like the approval's there now. Um, I received my approval a few weeks ago. So, but I don't want to pull the money out without having 100% confirmation that this is literally done. Yeah, and I guess if... It, it would be classed as a mis miscarriage if um, he does the ultrasound and, like, it's a blighted ovum or it's just nothing's grown or whatever. I'm going to be opting for the medical management and hopefully that's going to be enough to not require a DNC because my poor little uterus cannot handle that. Um, another thing that I'm planning on doing prior to, like, the IVF cycle is getting another PRP treatment. So... I'm really going to, not that I think my lining was actually the issue this time. I think if there is actually something wrong, then it was, it was a chromosomal thing. It was just fucking bad luck. Um, but yeah, I've got a plan for when I get confirmation and if by some fucking miracle that there is actually a baby there with a heartbeat and this is all okay, I don't even know what to think. I think I would actually faint from the shock because I just cannot even picture that as a possibility. But fucking stranger things have happened. <laughs> so, yeah, that is the roller coaster ride I have been on. Um, yeah, and I'll keep you updated with how it all goes. So if you guys want to have hope for me, please do that because, yeah, I just can't let myself go there. I can't go into another scan um, and as much as I wouldn't be blindsided this time like I was last time, I can't go in there having hope and then have that shattered all over again. I'd rather go in there expecting the worst and having that confirmed um, than having some hope and then being absolutely shattered. Either way, like, I know that I'm going to be walking out of that appointment in tears. I've already planned to have the day off, so, <laughs> Yeah not going to be a fun time um but yeah we'll see what happens i'll keep you guys posted thank you so much for all your kind words and love and support 
you guys are literally incredible and I'm so, so grateful for this community. Yeah, watch this space. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Messy in the Middle. My main goal for creating this podcast is to ensure other women going through the struggles of infertility and baby loss don't feel alone along this very isolating journey. I want to be able to reach as many women as possible. And in order for me to do this, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes and Spotify. Also, if you have any feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear, please get in contact with me through the Messy in the Middle Instagram page. Sending you so much love and strength on your journey to baby.